Hello and welcome to Recorded. An increasing number of people are working from home as a precaution against the coronavirus. So we decided to put together a list of home-based entertainment options for you. The games to play, the films to watch, and the TV shows to enjoy, as well as some podcasts you can listen to. With me today is... Hi Faisal, Aish Khan here from the podcast team. Michael Kutsia. And Samia Badia. And I'm Faisal Salah from the social media team. So Samia, let's start with you. Uh, what are you choosing to uh, entertain yourself at home with? I've actually been doing some of the things that I've been putting off for some time, like reading books. Um, in one way, staying at home has actually been an opportunity to do more of that. Right now, one of the books that I'm reading is called The Five Second Rule. It's by Mel Robbins. It's this absolutely incredible book um, about how it takes five seconds to have the courage to do anything. It's a self-help book, but I can already say it's transformative. Have you done anything courageous lately, Samia? Um, courageous? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I would say courageous. But it's just, it's the idea that you don't doubt yourself anymore. And so you go with your gut feeling. And if you are somebody who's a bit indecisive, it's it's a very good book for that. And what, what are those five seconds about? The idea that you can decide to do a project that you're working on, for example. Um, this book sort of teaches you that what it is that you really want to do, you should just go ahead and do it. So let's say if you have a project that you've been putting off for a long time, in a way the book makes you think about the things that you really want to do and to just go ahead and do it. Okay, Aisha, nice. I hear that you're also reading something. Yeah, I've had real issues with reading books this year. Um, I have a really long commute. I can't read on the commute. I get car sick. So I started three fiction books, which I read about 50, 60 pages of, and I've just started reading... The Epigenetics Revolution, mm -hmm. and it's really interesting. I'm only about 50 or 60 pages in, but I think I'm, I'm going to stick with this one. I like throwing facts out for my kids. Do you know how many cells are in the human body? Uh, I'm going to venture a guess and say 20 million. Anyone else? How many what? Cells in the human body. I want to go something in the billions, but... Definitely in the billions. 50 to 70 trillion. Ooh. Yeah. We will all fail biology. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really interesting and yeah I, I'm a sucker for a pop science book myself are you reading anything at the moment Michael Faisal? Yes I'm a bit more on the fiction side of things at the moment I'm reading The Mirror and the Light which is the third book in Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall trilogy it's just said during the time of Henry VIII and covers a lot of the events you'd expect from that time but it follows Thomas Cromwell quite a famous villain or someone always sort of cast as a villain in retellings of what happened during that time. And Mantel takes a much more sympathetic approach, still realistic, very well researched, but paints a very interesting portrait of the man and all those very interesting events. And it was also turned into a miniseries a few years ago. The first two books were adapted by the BBC. And I may just rewatch that as well to get back into the spirit of things before I get much further into the new book. I guess I've been reading something different. I've been rereading re uh, Watchmen by Alan Moore. I've recently finished the uh, miniseries that came out about a couple months ago, and I wanted to go back and revisit all those characters that were uh, presented in the miniseries. So I'm rereading I'm re Watchmen. I also saw the miniseries, which I thought was very good, but it's obviously a completely different timeline to, to the graphic novel. 
Yeah, I absolutely recommend to watch the miniseries and as well read the graphic novel because the graphic novel is a very completely different experience to any graphic novel out there. And I'd especially recommend people who've only seen the movie to read the graphic novel because, as you said, it's it's very different, a different way of experiencing it. And the sort of different experience that you get between those two mediums is why Alan Moore's never actually endorsed any adaptations of, of his work. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about movies now, and, and let's talk about using the time now to watch some films. What, what do you recommend in terms of like how to watch movies? Because personally, I feel like if we've got the time, might as well film marathon. Just pick a series. Uh, if there's a trilogy out there you haven't watched, I know that Michael still hasn't seen the Indiana Jones trilogy. Which I think is absolutely shocking, Michael. It is. I, I have no defense. Absolutely. You should use this time now to just jump right in. I know there's four films. I, I'll only recommend three of them. And there's also the Back to the Future ser- uh, trilogy, which I'm, I, I was surprised to find out a lot of people haven't seen. That's shocking. Yeah. So definitely watch that. I think both of them are available on Netflix. I think, Sami, we can't really do trilogies. How are you with trilogies with children in your house? Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking about that. You know, The luxury of being able to watch back-to-back films is and, gone now. Exactly. And another thing is that because the kids are spending more time at home, we're trying to actually lower the time, screen time. We're trying Absolutely. to minimize the amount of time that they're, you know, in front of a screen or, you know, playing video games or on electronics. So we have actually been trying to impose a kind of rule where, you know, not more than just one hour of screen time uh, of TV time um, during the day. I wonder if self-isolation might have to change that. (laughs) This might be the opportunity. Well, Um, we've been trying to be creative. We've been trying to think of other things to engage our children, uh, my husband and I. So we've been bringing out all the different board games out of the toys closet and just sitting down and, you know, exploring some family time doing that kind of thing. What's your favorite family board game at the moment? So my children love chess. Um, and I play a little bit, but um, we've actually been playing new board games that we had not played before. Um, and one of the one of the games that we are playing right now is called Catan. Mm. I had not heard of it before, but I've I think never heard of that. Oh yeah, Catan is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Michael. Will, will also Everyone except this. me is nodding. Can you tell the listeners like me who don't know about Catan? Um, it's it's a strategy game, um, and it's all about you know being able to build cities and settlements and having enough resources for that. So in some ways, it's actually good for the kids because they have to think about you know strategizing and getting the resources that they need. And it takes about like an hour, an hour and a half. So time wise, it's really good and engaging for them. Is it similar to Risk? I'm not really so. sure. I wouldn't say so, only because you're you're not invading countries like you wouldn't risk your your expanding your own territory which would not have existed without your actions and the children find this how old are your kids uh six and eight and they find it uh, engaging as well that's all they want to play all day which is good because it also exists like online as a as a game um that you can download but with it being as a board game it's actually you know no screen time exactly and it just it it takes all the all the boxes. So let's talk about more serious gaming now that that has been taken care of. Let's talk about console gaming, Michael. What should be played during the self-isolation period? Well, I think 
Activision must be feeling quite happy at the moment that they just this week released Call of Duty Warzone, which is a free-to-play battle royale game. Mm-hmm. So think Fortnite, but set in the Call of Duty universe. Another, another Fortnite contender. Yes, um, with this time with 150 players at a time. Um, it's on PC, it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation, and like Modern Warfare, it has cross-play, meaning you can play with your friends with whatever console they're using or if they're on PC. And there's a lot of excitement about that. I'm very excited about it. And it sounds perfect because you don't, you don't need to buy it. It's there for you to, to play. Anyone you know who wants to play with you can also download it. Um, it could be on a whim, right? You, you call a friend and you say, you're home too, I'm home. Let's just um, get online and play this game. But let's say you're more like me and you're interested in campaign gaming. Uh, I think people should look at Red Dead Redemption 2 came out about a year and a half ago. Um, if you've ever wondered what it would be like to play as a cowboy in the Old West, uh, decide whether you're going to be a good character, a bad character, uh, someone who saves lives or takes them. Um, it promises at least 40 plus hours of gameplay. So if you're at all curious about um, playing a very, very rich game, I would recommend Red Dead Redemption 2 available on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. And it's the right time because if you're self-isolating, you don't have to feel guilty about paying, playing 40 hours of gaming in one go. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, normally we don't feel guilty anyways, but <laughs> welcome to our world now. I agree. It's a great time to catch up on single player games as well because you have that time to invest. And one that I would recommend, also a slightly older one, this is about a year old, is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice by the creators of Dark Souls. And it's actually a game that I played when I was stuck at home, sick for about two weeks last year. And it's the, it's definitely the type of game that can get you through a, a time like that. It's quite difficult. It's very challenging. can be very frustrating, but challenges you in the best sort of way. I think the great thing about playing uh, games like that is when you're when you're stuck at home and you, you don't have uh, time to have small successes or, or accomplishments, it gives you that feeling of an accomplishment when you finish a level or complete the game. Definitely, and I think this gamers will know anyone who's played anything in the Dark Souls series that few games can give you as much of a sense of accomplishment as these ones do, especially when you defeat that boss after the 48th try. Yeah, that sounds difficult, but worth a try, I think. Definitely worth it. So we're doing a podcast right now. Aisha, what podcast do you think people should listen to other than The Nationals, of course? Yeah, so check out thenational.e forward slash podcast. But apart from that, um, I was thinking about this. If you've never listened to a podcast, um, a, a few that I have to recommend. First of all, if you haven't listened to Serial, the first series, that is what made podcasts what they are today. It's what kind of completely took them into the mainstream. Um, it's still interesting. It's still engaging. And I'm still having conversations about whether Adnan is innocent or guilty. So definitely good to check out. My favorite podcast of all time is called is an, This American Life. Have you mm-hmm. guys listened to that? Yeah, from NPR, I believe. My favorite episode of This American Life is number 585 and it's called In Defense of Ignorance. The structure of This American Life is three parts around the same topic. So this is all about In Defense of Ignorance. The first part has been turned into a film called The Farewell. Mm -hmm. Has anyone seen that? Yeah. How was it? Fantastic. Okay, so that's based on this uh, woman's grandmother who 
they find out she's got cancer, but in Chinese culture, they decide that it's up to the relatives to not to tell or not tell the person who's got cancer because they're the ones who are looking after her. And she struggles with this because she's grown up in the West. It's really interesting. Second part is the Dunning-Kruger effect, which I think is quite famous now, which is the phenomena of intelligent people don't know they're intelligent mm -hmm. and stupid people don't know they're stupid, yeah. um, which is quite a beautiful thing. And the last part is a disease, which means people are unable to forget. And I can't remember the name of the disease, um, but it's a really interesting podcast. Definitely check that out. Something a bit more accessible is Reply All. Mm -hmm. Listen to Reply All? I've, I, I know the exact episode you're about to mention. Oh, yeah. you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very <laughs> infamous. Um, so actually... Someone in the office recommended this to me. It's the number 149 and it's called 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. And for people on Twitter, do you know about this, Michael? This no. tweet? Okay. There was a gun debate a while ago um, in the US and a man called Willie McNabb, when someone said we need to ban all kinds of assault weapons, tweeted the following. Legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? <laughs> Interesting look on your face there, Michael. Yes. Um, so everyone on Twitter absolutely took the mick out of this. But on Reply All, they do, every episode is about some kind of social media or online phenomena. And they actually chase down this guy. And then they realize that there is actually a huge feral hogs problem in the US and this is a very valid concern so that one's worth listening to um, anyone it's, else? It's a deep dive into a meme essentially It is and yeah. that's, they do that a lot and yeah. I really love the way they do it It's always good to know the big picture behind a very small story because no one knew other than the tweet that went viral what was going on because it's hilarious to to tweet something like that um, and, and expect a, a real answer but there is a real problem yeah, and a lot of people who've experienced it didn't think it was crazy, but I think for most people, myself including, most people who don't live in rural America um, or who live in urban centres all over the world just think it's a completely bizarre thing, but it's actually a valid concern. So to follow up on your uh, podcast recommendation, I'd, I'd like to also recommend a couple of podcasts. Uh, the first one's called The Rewatchables. So me as a film fan, someone who watches five to ten films a, a week, um, I tend to rewatch a lot of films. And... This podcast is perfect for you if you're someone who also rewatches films because what they do is they look at a film's history. They look at what makes it good, what makes it rewatchable. So example, something like The Godfather, right? The Godfather, we've probably all watched it more than once or twice because it's got a lot going for it. And this movie goes into the film not just on a superficial level but tries to tell you exactly what makes it rewatchable, the exact scenes, the exact actors. And what kind of conclusions do they come to, for example, with The Godfather? Why is it so re so rewatchable? Uh, ultimately, the writing and the, the acting, everything else is, is excellent, of course, but the writing and the acting in that film is so pristinely flawless that you can go back to it at any point and rejoin the film at any point and enjoy it. Yeah, I can watch Godfather from any point. Sami, what are you watching nowadays if we're not watching films? Are you watching anything on TV? Um... To be honest, I was watching Love is Blind on Netflix. And I've had that recommended and I've been told it's reality TV, which does slightly put me off. But loads of people have said, ignore the fact it's reality TV. You have to watch Love is Blindness. To be honest, it's very cringeworthy. Like you watch it and you're like, why am I watching this? But at the same time, it kind of pulls you in and you want to know what's going to happen. 
So I, I watched that. Um, not saying I would recommend it. Not everybody would like it, but that's what I've been, I've been watching. Okay, Michael. I think something great to binge watch at the moment is Better Call Saul, which is a prequel series to Breaking Bad. I think we probably have a few Breaking Bad fans in here. I started watching Better Call Saul and I kind of gave up around series three. It's interesting that you say that. I think a lot of people were expect a lot of people were expecting something more fast paced, where more things happen, perhaps more action. What what was it that turned you off? I think yeah, I think it was a bit meandering. I really, I actually, and this will get me crucified, I'm sure, when I'm walking the streets. But I preferred it to Breaking Bad, um, and I I did like it, but I didn't know where it was going. And I like to know where I'm going it's, when I'm watching It's interesting. And I'm actually, I actually, as much as I love Breaking Bad, I think Better Call Saul is actually better. It's very different from most TV nowadays. It's very slow burning. It doesn't build its tension in the same way as other shows. For one reason of that is it is a prequel. We know where a lot of these characters end up. So it's all about how do they get there. We also know some of these characters are no longer around by the time that we get to Breaking Bad. What happened? But most of all, it's about about the characters, the characters that you really become invested in, care about. And it's also just beautifully shot, which is great. I was thinking of another show we may talk about, um, the new Star Trek series, where the cameras are very hyperactive. There's so many cuts happening you know, per minute, whereas Pedicle Saul is a throwback to an older way of making shows with a lot of longer shots, nice takes, amazing cinematography. Talking of Picard, I believe we slightly disagree on this topic. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the new show at all. I miss um, Jean-Luc Picard from from TNG, and I'm not sure who JL is. Oh, I absolutely adore the new series. I love the fact that it's a crew out in space, which is reminiscent to me of Firefly. Um, I love the fact I'm watching it with my little girl, um, who is getting into Star Trek and sci-fi, I think, for the first time. And it's literally the best thing I can watch right now. I wish they could make them at like a rate of one a day. So, yeah. No, I'd say it's probably one of the least favorite things in my world at the moment. I was so excited when they announced that they would be making another Star Trek series set after TNG and Deep Space Nine and was excited to have Patrick Stewart back. But this just doesn't feel like Star Trek to me. All right, moving away from Star Trek, uh, the, the show I would recommend is actually not even scripted. I would recommend to watch Jeopardy. It's just dropped on Netflix. It's been going on for about 40 years now, presented by Alex Trebek. It's a trivia show. Um, they dropped something like 45 episodes. And I've been rewatching them, and I forgot how good Jeopardy is. You know, we used to get them on TV here in the Middle East. I don't know if you remember, Samia, but we used to get them on NBC4 um, really early in the morning. It would be Jeopardy and then Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And I would get really excited about Jeopardy because this is like 12-year-old me. If I got an answer right, that's that's my whole day lit up. Yeah, you know? I love Jeopardy. Yeah. It's a great show. So I would recommend watching Jeopardy, binge it, you know, binge it with your family and see who gets the most answers right you know it's a, it's an educational show yeah it is it's really good so just to just to sum up here we're, i'm gonna go around and i'm gonna ask you straight down the line one tv show one movie one book your recommendation for the listeners aisha let's start with you okay so my tv show is dark it's the way i describe it to everyone i recommend it to is if stanley kubrick made stranger things in german um it's fantastic 
two series are on Netflix. I would recommend watching them back to back because otherwise you'll forget what's going on. Um, the book is Sapiens. I recommend this to people all the time. If you want to know the whole history of the human race, please read it. It's fantastic. And and movie. Um, I only saw this recently and I know a lot of people have recommended it. Netflix has The Big Short, Adam McKay. Um, absolutely love that. I've seen Vice, which I saw before. So check that out as well if you haven't seen it. Mike, your recommendations. For movie, I'm going to go with I'm going to cheat slightly and go with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So that's three movies, but it's not the sort of thing you usually have enough time to watch. Now's the time. For series, I'll go with some proper Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. Get <coughs> the taste of Picard out of my mouth. And for a book, I'm going to go with James Elroy's The Black Dahlia. It's the first in his LA quartet, which includes LA Confidential. Oh, beautiful. A little bit of noir. Samia, your recommendations? Yes. Um, for movie, I you know that I love documentaries, so I'm going to go with a documentary. Uh, the Great Hack, mm-hmm. if you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. It's really eye-opening. You know, shows you... You know, how how does our data um, exist online? So I uh, highly recommend it. For a TV series, I would recommend Stranger Things. Um, the fourth season is expected to... Is it the fourth or the third? Fourth. Yeah, the fourth season is expected to come out this year. But if you haven't seen the first three, it's, I find it absolutely amazing. It's a great story. If you love science fiction, definitely... Um, watch that book recommendation this is going to sound a bit random but this book absolutely changed my life it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo and it really did just like change my way of you know decluttering at home and just um, being able to find a space that has positive energy Um, so I highly highly recommend it Mm, a little bit of Japanese minimalism um, my recommendations are uh, for a film, John Wick. I think I think there's not been a better action film in the last 20 years than John Wick. And luckily for you, if you enjoy it, there's two sequels. Uh, for a TV show, uh, Mindhunter, David Fincher's uh, Netflix uh, show, Mindhunter, is about serial killers in the 70s and the FBI unit that investigates them. So for book, I recommend William Gibson's Neuromancer. It's a sci-fi book. Uh, it coined the term cyberspace, so right before the age of the internet. And it's a great adventure book um, that takes you in the world of the future from the point of view of the early 70s. If you've got recommendations, send them to us at The National on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And remember to wash your hands, yes. No, no. <laughs>